on Broadway for Tuesday, January 22nd, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway Star's James Marino. I'm sorry. I apologize, James. Let me start over. Uh, welcome to Today on Broadway for Tuesday, uh, January 22nd, 2019. I am the smartest man alive. You are. And rich. And rich. And rich. I just, I just won $1.00. And sixty four cents, thanks to HQ's musical theater uh, night. Uh, I uh, had to use an extra life. The the, the Mandarin versus Italian question yeah. for Book of Mormon that, that's caught me I up. Having. I couldn't get through all of the different verses fast enough, and I panicked. But the rest of them I got second time winning. It actually went up. My winnings went up by like a dollar and nineteen cents. Yes. So by the time the next musical theater version of HQ comes around, I'll win like. I don't know, $2.83. I will be swimming in it. They haven't announced who wins the rent for a year thing. I guess they contact you separately. So Mm. I'm waiting by my phone for the ever obnoxious Scott Rogowski to give me a call. (laughs) Scott, I really like Scott. So many people find him just too much. (laughs) I I would like him if if it wasn't 9 o'clock and I'm sitting there waiting to play this game and he Uh, talks for 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah, I think he, he's very funny. He's very smart. He is he very, is very, smart. very, very smart. He's but he's like, he's a little too much when you're playing a game that's supposed to start at nine and doesn't start until ten after. He's like the Tom Brady of smart. And that's a that's a little bit extreme. Well, I guess that <laughs> that is true in the fact that I dislike them both. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brownie points to anybody out there listening who knows who Tom Brady is other than Carrie O'Malley. All right. First up in the news, UK tour of To Kill a Mockingbird canceled due to contract dispute with a Broadway production. Yeah. So, okay. Yesterday, Jonathan Church Productions, Curve Theater, the Leicester and Regents Park Theater released a statement saying – um, that the previously announced tour of the Christopher Sergal stage adaptation of Harper Lee's novel has officially been canceled following lawyers from Atticus LLC, the company that Scott Rudin created for the Broadway production, contacted the companies behind the tour and all of the venues where it was supposed to play to inform them that they had a worldwide exclusivity contract for this professional stage rights to the novel. The company's statement cites the fact that Dramatic Publishing Company issued the tour a license for Sergil's adaptation. However, James, they start to lose me when they start referencing other productions of Sergil's version in 2011, 2013, and even 2016 as some sort of explanation why Rudin's um, exclusivity doesn't hold. But I can't imagine that Rudin's company would have been too concerned um, of productions you know, two and a half to seven years beforehand, I'm sure he didn't even know he was going to be doing um, To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway seven years ago. So they, I think they might have jumped the shark there. The release goes on to say, quote, Atticus Limited Liability Company made it clear that they would co- uh, commence legal proceedings against the tour's producer, originating theater, and all venues where it was due to be presented if the tour were not canceled with immediate effect. Atticus Limited Liability Company were unwilling to consider any compromises which were proposed to resolve the situation without lengthy and costly legal action. Now, for their part, James, Scott Rudin Productions released a statement that read, quote, we regret the cancellation of the upcoming UK Ireland tour of the Sergal adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, but the new Broadway adaptation by Aaron Sorkin is planning a UK mounting. It is this production that holds worldwide rights to the property in theatrical form, and we look forward to bringing it to UK audiences soon. 
Now, James, you know that I am always a little hesitant to side with Rudin on these things, even though I think he's usually in the right, even if he doesn't go about it the right way. But putting the discussion as to whether or not his production has the worldwide rights, because that's something for lawyers and there's no way we can know because we haven't looked at the contracts. But I would take him at his word on this. But beyond that, rents being or rights being pooled is a pretty common thing. Yeah. Um, this is not unusual. Schools get their rights pulled uh, if a show announces a Broadway production. Professional regional theaters gets their rights pulled if a tour announces a stop in a nearby city within a year or two. Well, this is obviously slightly different since it isn't the licensing company pulling the rights. It is still the same idea, I think. So if SRP does in fact have the international rights, which I think they probably do, it is completely within their rights to mount a, a first-class production of this already very successful play on Broadway in the West End and to prevent anybody else from capitalizing on their show and the rights that they have. So to me, this is a tempest in a teapot and, and much ado about nothing. This is, to me, business as usual that the producers of the UK tour purposely tried to make a bigger deal that didn't really need to be. I tend to agree with you there. I also sort of feel like nobody's going to confuse the two productions. You know, one's a Sorkin production, one is this, uh, the other adaptation. Um, uh, certainly they're going to have two very different looks and feels to them and things like that. I, you know, I think Scott Rudin's probably throwing, throwing his weight around unnecessarily. I mean, tickets that are selling for that, that tour um, certainly are not going to eat into West End ticket sales. And, uh, you know, uh, I think Scott should focus on bringing Hello, Dolly to uh, London. <laughs> That's not happening, according to Baz. Um, the only thing that I will say, though, James, is that I, 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 I kind of disagree a little bit just because we don't know the turnaround that Scott is looking at to bring it to London. This is a tour. Um and obviously, the UK and Ireland uh, is probably does not afford as many tour stops as it would in the US, but shows tour in the UK for quite a bit. And even shows that are actually currently in the West End continue to tour. So it, I don't know when this tour is launching, but if Scott decides to open this up in London, maybe in the fall of 2019 or even in the um, early months of 2020, it's legitimately possible that this tour could still be running at the time when Jeff Daniels just theoretically opens this show in the West End. And it could force some folks to say, well, do I want to take a, you know, a train into London to see that production? I can still see the same show more or less. And they probably don't, won't necessarily understand all the differences here closer and cheaper to home. So uh, I, I do think that they're depending on the timing of these things there, I can understand from a legitimate standpoint, but I also do think that Scott tends to like to, you know, flex his muscles whenever possible. I mean, they uh, there's multiple tours of the Yeston Coppet Phantom and the Andrew Lloyd Webber Phantom out and about uh, at the same time as Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom is playing on Broadway and in and around the country. And uh, I, I think that all you have to do is, um, you know, I mean, every single uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is led with 30-foot-tall Sorkin letters, you know, that say Sorkin to kill a mockingbird. You know, certainly yeah. they could have forced the other production to put a disclaimer and make sure that everybody understood there was no confusion. But it's behind us. It's already happened. Um, there's really little we could do about it other than comment on it. Yeah, well, 
And, and also, James, are there really multiple tours of Maury Yeston's Phantom there were. anywhere? There were. Oh, okay, there were. There, okay. There right. were. Right. Yeah, you know, when the Phantom thing was very, very popular and big hype, there were Yeston Coppet uh, tours happening all over the place. The di- the one difference I will say with that, and it also goes to the classic uh, Lipa Lacusa Wild Party things, is those were based on uh, underlying properties that were in the public domain. So yeah. that's a little different um, with this, obviously, but that's neither here nor there. Like you said, it's the Mockingbird is now dead and we can now move on. <laughs> so next up, Kerry Washington to make announcement on The Tonight Show. Yes, this is we are recording a, a little bit before The Tonight Show actually airs uh, on Monday night. So we don't know what it is, but I think we can guess. But uh, on Monday, Kerry Washington tweeted, I'm going on Fallon tonight, which is kind of weird, right? Since American Sun play is about to close this Sunday. I mean, most people would do press during the run of a play, not when it ends. Unless, wait, ellipses, might I be announcing something? Something crazy exciting? Now, I think because she references American Sun, that it probably has to do with American Sun, James, don't you think? Yeah, she's probably going to prevent some American Sun tour from opening up at another city. <laughs> Very well done. Um, so the, the when you hear something like this, the first thing you think about is, oh, they're probably going to extend, except for they're not going to extend. Because Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, will begin previews at the Booth Theater where American Sun is playing on March 5th. Very that soon. means they... Yeah, they need a month to load out American Sun, load in, do tech. So that's not happening. I I mean, maybe a week, but she's not going on Fallon to announce uh, a week extension. So I would guess, James, that this is likely going to be the show either being filmed, which, OK, maybe. But I could also see it being taking the cast with her, Stephen Pasquale, who apparently has been back in for a few performances. He hurt his back really badly and it was out for almost a whole month but i think he did come back for a few performances over the weekend um maybe taking carrie steven uh, jeremy jordan eugene lee maybe doing it over at the geffen in uh in los angeles mm, yeah um, i could see something like that happening but um either way if you are not listening to this on monday night by the time you wake up you can probably find that news but uh, i did think it was uh, kind of interesting for carrie washington uh to tweet that out i as anybody who listens knows, I am a huge Kerry Washington and Scandal fan. So whatever she's going to do, I'm probably going to enjoy it. What do we have in the recommendation section? Okay, two things. First off, as we talked about, Sunday night, School of Rock officially closed on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater. And to celebrate the event, not only do they have a, a jam session afterwards with all of the you know instrument playing kids, but they actually invited all of the former Horace Green students that have been in the show during its Broadway run to come up on stage and jam along with them. And that video was released on Monday. Very cool. Everyone, you know, going through, doing the choreography, you know, jamming out uh, on stage. It was very cool. I, 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 um, I've seen the show once. It's not necessarily my favorite Andrew Lloyd Webber thing, but I think it is a very I, I think it's done a lot of really great things for uh, kids in shows. And I think this is going to be something that, like I said the other day, it's going to be around for a while. And this video is really cool. The other recommendation that I wanted to tell you about was an article from The New York Times uh, in which Michael Paulson talks about the soon to open new theater in Hell's Kitchen. On Wednesday, January 23rd, the box office will officially open at MCC Theater's first permanent home during their 32 years as a theater. James, I did not realize that MCC had never had its own 
venue. Um, this new home will be on West 52nd Street at 10th Avenue. It'll have two theaters, two rehearsal spaces, and all the bells and whistles that a modern theater should have. The project cost $45 million. And in the article, Paulson has a ton of pictures of the new facility and details about the future uh, of the company and how the new space will change its plans. They talk about doing, they've only done three musicals in the history of MCC and they plan on doing more now because uh, their larger theater has more space for a band and more people. Um, and James, I don't know that we've actually talked about this, but this is super exciting and a pretty big deal for the off-Broadway theater community. Yeah. Uh, so we have to see if MCC is still going to, uh, uh, have the same pedigree that they've had over the years, or if they're going to have to be more commercial to cover that uh, $45 million note. Yeah. Um, you know, MCC is uh, formerly known as Manhattan Class Company um, and uh, has had such incredible notables as I think Bernie Telsey and Bobby Lapone and uh, various they're, they're, other. They're yeah, they're two of the three founders of it. Um, they met they met during col- when they were in college, uh, and then they added Will Cantler um, to uh, to their soon to be named MCC. So they're the three people behind it. So uh, yeah, Will uh, Cantler like the something. fifth Beatle, you know. <laughs> yeah, Bernie Telsey and Robert Lapone, and then the other guy. Like George Harrison, the other guy, yeah. But well, and one of the things is, is that MCC always talks about they want to do works by living playwrights. Um, so they're not doing Shakespeare. They're not doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if they're going to do musicals, they're not doing R and H stuff. So it'll be interesting to see um, if that does change a little bit. If they get a little bit more flexible, um, but they well, definitely we have a lot of a uh, lot of um, musical writers that are alive. You know, <laughs> yeah, well, well, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. The the three musicals they've done um, in their history are Coraline. They did the the Carrie revival off Broadway, and they did Ride the Cyclone. They do have coming up um, uh, the Alice by Heart musical, the Stephen Sater and Duncan Sheik and Jesse Nelson musical coming up. So um, they are doing that, and that one will probably be the biggest musical um, they've done in terms of size, I think. But uh, MCC is great, and uh, it looks like all of those. Uh, tickets that they've sold to miscast have uh, finally <laughs> finally uh, paid off. <laughs> I hope they continue to do those. Those are awesome. Oh, I'm sure. And then all of the YouTube hits that it gets and all of the programmatic video ads that they uh, they get a get a penny for each time too. <laughs> all right. So uh we should have a little discussion here about the up and coming Skittles commercial, the musical <laughs> with Oliver Henry Roth, Henry Roth. Okay, we are welcoming in our friend Oliver Henry Roth, Broadway, Off Broadway, West End. Actually, he's got a, you've got a show down here in Tampa, don't you? Right now, too, uh, investor yeah. and producer. Um, Oliver's here to talk about some things that are a little outside of what we normally talk about on this show. But first off, Oliver, welcome back. It's nice to have you back. Thank you very much. It's been a while. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so we we want to start this conversation with this Skittles commercial, the Broadway musical thing, which, Oliver, I believe you have tickets to, correct? I I do. Uh, My dear friend, uh, Madeline Smith, is the MD, so I got tickets to it uh, before the press today hit. I don't don't know if there was press when it originally announced, Um, and I'm excited to see it. 
Uh, yeah, you can. Yeah, that, uh, speaking of that, you can buy tickets on Ticketmaster uh, right now. And but what this is, if you haven't heard, Michael C. Hall, erstwhile Dexter and Hedwig of the Angry Inch, he will be leading a 17-person cast in what is being described as the quote first ever commercial performed as a live Broadway musical. This, of course, will air during the Super Bowl on February 3rd. It will feature a script by Will Eno uh, and will be performed in front of a live audience at the town hall, which is not a Broadway theater, which kind of annoyed me about some of the things they're talking about, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And it will feature original songs. And that is plural. They will have multiple songs in a 30 second commercial and they will have uh, a live band to go along with it. So interestingly enough, they released a trailer that was three times as long as the actual TV spot will be. It was a minute and a half, but whatever, they can do whatever they want. So anyway, Oliver, first off, obviously, this is an interesting play more from the advertising side to connect with musical theater. But obviously, it was intriguing enough for you to want to go, whether or not your friend uh, is a director or not. Well, here's the thing, you know, very interested in what this thing is. Uh, and we can talk more about sort of what I suspect, but I will say that the first thing that got my attention is they, they did whatever they're trying to do. They did it right. Um, the, the creative team is amazing. It's Will, you know, uh, it's Drew Gasparini writing the music. Sarah Benson is, uh, directing. It's sort of your, um, the, it, these aren't, these are real amazing creatives. They're also creatives that, uh, let you know that whoever produced this event for Skittles knows the New York theater scene. Um, yeah. You know, Sarah Benson, uh, uh, I think, I think maybe has done something since is God is, but I, you know, most recent like big thing was his God is, um, I, you know, Will, Eno uh, just had the thing at signature with Michael C. Hall, uh, um, but a uh, Tom Payne, uh, but these aren't the names, you know, these aren't huge pop culture names that they tapped into, uh, to to create this thing, they're they're sort of the people that we want to see creating things on Broadway right now, which is super interesting to me. Yeah, I would love to see a show that Will Eno and Drew Gasparini wrote together for real, like for more than thirty seconds. Well, I I, I think what I read was that the spot on TV's thirty seconds, but it's actually a thirty minute musical. Did I, I think that's right? I, mean, did, I, I bought it oh, today, I assuming it was thirty minutes long. If I'm sitting there for thirty seconds, that'd be something. Okay, yeah. that's interesting because I the uh, what's in the press release is just in the, instead of running a 30-second ad during the big game, Skittles is creating the first ever commercial performed as a live Broadway musical. So I'm not sure uh, that would make more sense. I haven't seen that um, if they do like because it'll be filmed and it'll be recorded in front of a live studio audience. Uh, Oliver will be there at 1 p.m. on Super Bowl Sunday, and then it'll obviously air that night during the game. So maybe they will – shoot the 30 minute musical and then edit it down to 30 seconds. Maybe that makes more sense to me. And you guys obviously seem like you're more up on this than I am. Uh, Well, I think it's very confusing what they're doing. And uh, what's interesting to me is um, that there's, that they're selling Broadway as a product. And Matt, you and I joke all the time about the Venn diagram between uh, sport ball and Broadway. And, uh, and, uh, 
I'm just I'm I'm just kind of astounded at this. I think it's awesome, and I love outside of the box thinking. But what what is this about? Is this about the Monday morning uh, uh, cooler talk? That hey, did you see that ad? You know, we all talk about Super Bowl ads. It, it, you know, how does this benefit Skittles? And I'm I'm excited, but if Skittles is going to spend multi million dollars to do this thirty second spot, <laughs> uh, why don't they just produce a show on Broadway? Yeah, I think I mean, I think that the the cool thing here is that it seems to indicate that this the the Broadway wave that we're seeing in pop culture, um, the the wave of interest in, of global interest and 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 um, and multimedia interest in Broadway is venturing into a new medium. You know, we we had uh, we we already had. The lot, you know, the live productions, the rent live happening at what is it next week? Uh, we already we, we have all these new movie musicals. Um, we have scores from uh, theater, you know, from you know Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen, the scores that are going uh, and be more chill that are uh, you know selling, uh, you know, and, and becoming pop culture, um, you know, in, known in, yeah. in pop culture like like you know songs on the radio. Um, and now we have a, a a commercial, which is you know whether you're, whether you want to wrap your head around it this way or not, it is a sort of you know medium or art form um, yeah. that is using the musical uh, you know the the music Broadway musical as a as a as a the, the form in which it presents in which it presents itself. I think you know I would imagine that their best their sort of highest hope is that. Um, they capture something, a number, they put it on YouTube and it goes viral, you know, something like that. Um, I think they just see the way things go viral on Broadway uh, recently um, and, and the way in which musical storytelling has just become so pervasive in, in life and the way think shows like Law, uh, you know, movies like Law and and uh, Greatest Showman just do so, so well and become these viral hits that they say, you know, why can't we, the Skittles brand, get in on that action? You know, all, uh, all the other uh, – you know, all the movie brands are obviously taking um, advantage of this, but why can't a product brand? Yeah. Well, and what's so interesting is, is that forever we've heard show tunes in commercials, but they're show tunes that everyone knows. We've heard, you know, tomorrow or something's coming um, or, you know, familiar sh- songs that we already know used as the background bed for some sort of commercial, whatever product they're trying to sell. What's interesting here, and I think this is kind of what getting at what James said, is that here Broadway is as much of the brand that this is pushing as Skittles is. And even in that trailer that I mentioned that featured uh, Michael C. Hall, um, instead of Taste the Rainbow, their catch line at the end of the trailer was Broadway the Rainbow, which probably works on a lot of different levels, not just the Skittle level. But it does seem to me that they're pushing Broadway as much as Skittles, which those two things in my mind are not synonymous. So to me, the idea that Skittles is going to use Broadway to market itself, it seems a little disjointed. Those aren't two properties that I think naturally mesh together, other than the fact that they might sell you a $6 and 50 cent regular (laughs) bag of Skittles uh, at the, uh, at the bar at a Broadway theater. Do we think yeah. maybe that uh, they're ramping up for the uh, stage adaptation of E.T. E. the Musical? 
<laughs> no, those are Reese's Pieces. Oh, are, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> Skittles just, missed out on that again. Know, <laughs> yeah, I just think there's you know there's always been and always will be something sexy about the Broadway brand. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I I think I read that they are releasing the a cast album, original cast recording. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and and I'm, I think like they, their merch is online. It says to you know will be available when when the sh- you know at the show or when the show happens. I think that they're I think that the exact thing that you just talked about, Matt, that um, the two things don't belong together is what made uh, again. This is just my guess is what made this so exciting to them. And if you think about the greatest Super Bowl ads sort of of all time, and I'm I'm no Super Bowl broadcast expert, so. Um, I can't, you know, but, 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 you know, think about the old spice ad, right. With the, with the guy on the horse, it's yeah. like things that are very jarring and that don't totally make sense are what stick. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they see Broadway as this hot thing. They see Skittles as this thing that has nothing to do with Broadway. Their brand, it couldn't be further from Broadway except for maybe the taste of the rainbow connection, which um, now that you yeah. brought it up, I bet they'll play with, um, you know, in that. The, yeah. the rainbow pride of Broadway. Uh, but other than that, there's really nothing that joins the two uh, brands together. And I think that's sort of what they're going for is let's just let's let's supp- shock everyone with the way in which we are deciding to advertise. Yeah. And I think one of the things that when I think about this, what actually connects me to this is not only those live TV musicals that you mentioned, but also shows like Scandal. And the reason I think about this is because those shows, uh, the, the, especially the, um, the, the Shonda Rhimes shows, really went out of their way to make watching the show live uh, an event and something that not only was something you had to see live because you didn't want it to get spoiled, but also something that people communicated about and shared on social media. So I, to me, the reason that NBC and Fox are really diving into the live musical thing is because it is something that does not lend itself to being DVR'd or watched on demand because then you miss out on the social aspect of it that is being shared on Twitter and Facebook, I guess, and, and Instagram, maybe to a lesser degree, but mostly on Twitter. So to me, the, 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 the connection that Skittles is trying to make is not necessarily, I think it's, it's part of it trying to ride the wave of things like Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, and all that stuff. But to me, it's trying to do something that is so outside of the box and so different from what everybody else is doing that it, it has to be seen in a experienced and then hopefully will be discussed by a larger community. And then as James referenced the water cooler talk and the, um, as soon as the game's over, we have the immediate articles about the best commercials and all that stuff. To me, it's about, they're trying to capture that experience that is so hard to capture in today's television and entertainment landscape as a whole. Well, let's hope it's not a uh, nationwide commercial with the dead kid. Do you oh, remember that commercial? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's been some really, really bad Super Bowl commercials. And I'll tell you, they have not been as good as they were maybe in my growing up time in the late 90s and the, in the early aughts. Uh, there were some really good ones, but they've been pretty lame the last few years. So hopefully uh, Broadway can give them a kick in the butt and make yeah. it worthwhile. I, I honestly think, and we'll see, but I honestly think with this creative team that it, it could be absolutely sensational. I mean, everyone from uh, – yeah. it's it's a great creative team. Uh, Roger Feather Kelly's choreographing. I forgot about that when I first uh, – you know, I mean, it's 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 a, it's really like a, a – I wish I could get this creative team to write something for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you can adapt Skittles commercial, the Broadway musical, to a live – 
or to a, a, uh, full, a, length, a, yeah. a full length show. Well, Oliver, you have my uh, phone number and email address, so feel free to let me know how it is after the taping uh, oh. on Super Bowl Sunday. So before you go, uh, Oliver, we uh, will let you plug your stuff. You're on social media. You've got some shows that may or may not be coming to the New York area in a certain portion of Midtown here in the future. So go ahead and plug whatever it is that you want to plug since you're here. Sure. Uh, yes, I do have shows that may or may not make it to a portion of uh, the theater area known <laughs> as Midtown. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Henry Roth uh, or on Facebook at O'Henry Productions or online at www.ohenryproductions.com. And uh, you can check out what I'm working on there. Uh, I won't spoil the surprises for you. Yeah, there there's some things that we might Matt have might, talked about here. Yeah, yeah I, I can. Uh, there's some things. There are shows that we have talked about uh, on here as having rumors for Broadway before. I don't. I don't think that me knowing you is a shock that either of these things that I'm thinking about are aiming for Broadway. I think that's pretty obvious at this point. So, Matt's thinking about. I'll I'll tell you. He's thinking about Limpica and the Inheritance. I think. Yes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, those are the two. I know there's no, other things that I don't even know alert. about, but they're both on your website. It's not really a spoiler. I mean, this is correct. We, we, our, our audience is an intelligent theater audience, so they know. Well, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm part of your audience. So I, I know. Well, he, he, James, I have to tell you, Oliver told me today that he thanked us for talking about the Davenport Theater closing since nobody else covered it. So I feel bad that nobody else is reading Ken's blog other than us, apparently. I, I have to tell you, actually, when I when I showed that news to people, pe- people think I made it up because um, like no you one work did. with Ken. Yeah, you you've worked with Ken a number of times. Yeah, I haven't actually looked at the blog. I just you said it. I trusted you. I told people <laughs> we made it up. Yeah. <laughs> April Fools. Ken said he was building a new Broadway theater. We got him back finally. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, Oliver, right. thank you so much. I'm excited to see what Skittles commercial the Broadway musical actually is and to see what other ways brands can leverage the Broadway momentum that we've had in recent years to uh, promote their brands. I'm all for it. The more mainstream that they can make um Broadway and theater in general, whether that's through the live TV musicals or the the big screen adaptations, whatever it is, that that's the better for our cause in terms of promoting live theater, whether it's musical or otherwise, to the masses outside of the tri-state area. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for spending some of your Tuesday with us. And Matt and I will be back to talk with you tomorrow. No, just me. Just you? And You've got Matt, a show. I do. What am I saying? I don't know. Um, Choir boy? Choir boy. And Matt will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>